for Creation podcast with me, Sue Ann Matthews. In this episode, I talk to the artist Tim Davis in his sort of secret lair of a studio in Swansea. It was recorded months ago, but I've had so much on recently that only now I've finally got round to editing it and got it ready to put out. We literally talked for hours, so I think I'll, I'll definitely have at least two uh, podcast episodes out of this one interview that I did with um, Tim. So before you listen to the first part of that interview, let me just tell you a little bit about the artist Tim Davis. He is a senior lecturer in fine art at University of Wales Trinity St David's. He's been working as a visual artist for over 20 years and has exhibited widely in the UK and abroad. He represented Wales in a solo exhibition at the Venice Biennale of Art in 2011. He has and continues to work using a varied range of media, including video, assemblage, collage, intervention, site-specific work, installation and two-dimensional work. Here is part one of our chat. We are at my studio, um, just near, around the corner from the Brunswick pub, just below Upland, Swansea. And it's, uh, what is it? It's March 2019. So we're currently upstairs in your studio and it's on two floors. Mm -hmm. Well, I suppose, broadly speaking, uh, downstairs is kind of dirty, hand tooly kind of work. If I need to cut things, saw things, drill things, things like that, uh, or indeed storage. So there's a lot of storage downstairs, uh, old suites of work, boxed up, crated up. That's all kept downstairs. And as I say, workbench downstairs, um, grinding, vice, drills and all the rest of it. Um, so that tends to be the dirtier, dustier room. And then I come upstairs, um, and I guess it's fair to say there's a more just slightly cleaner. I mean, they're both fairly dirty when they're active, but this is cleaner. Uh, it works on paper, works on cards, just small things. Uh, but it's also a kind of drawing stroke thinking space. So, I mean, I've been here for quite a while. Um, I had some students visit me the other day and they asked me how long have I been here? And I was horrified to actually realise it has been quite a while. So it's been about 20, just over 20 years. So it's a funny thing, a studio. Uh, when you've been in a given space for a long time, uh, it's obviously very familiar. It's a, so a place of solitary activity in the main. Very rarely, with the exception of curators or people like yourself, you have a visit uh, now and again. But beyond that, or if I invite students, but beyond that, it's, um, it's pretty much on your own. So this space has contained uh, one person thinking, working for the last 20-something years. Mm. Yeah. So um, you explained that you've blocked off a lot of the yeah. views to outdoors. <clears throat> so that sense of solitary solitude is quite um, important to you for uh, working? It is. I think it, it was more important when I first did it. I, I suspect now uh, I'm wondering, you know, is there something else I can think about in those terms? But initially it was done for a couple of reasons. One was to... Com 
I wanted this idea of walking into a given nondescript building because, as you can imagine, as you saw on the outside, mm-hmm. you don't really have any idea what's on the inside. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that a bit like a Batman's cave. <laughs> okay, um, and you go in, and then it's all there. So I wanted to protect that sense of privacy, if you like, um, not exactly secrecy, but privacy. Uh, also to give me more wall space so by blocking up the walls I was able to board up you know and so you've got more of that and then opening up the roof for a couple of skylights allows just the ambient skylight literally light from the sky mm. only to come in so the only outside world I see is are those two rectangles of sky and of course that changes from moment to moment so that's mm. interesting in itself um, so it, the, so it's like a kind of strange kind of forcing down of concentration. There is nothing else <laughs> apart from tools and materials. That's it. So it's everything is like mm. and it's on you. So you got to do something. Yeah. 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 So it really helps you to get on with your work and yeah, and focus. it creates yeah focus. That's the yeah. word. It does create focus, and you kind of zone in. Yeah, focus. Concentration, mm. focus, mm. yeah. So, do you get a little bit lost in your own self sometimes? Can it be a little bit too intense when you're on your own Intensity that way? It's a good word. Uh, I probably, if the truth is known, I caught intensity. That's probably not a wise thing, <laughs> but I kind of do, and I've got used to it because mm. there is that intent. You're absolutely mm. right, there is a definite sense of intensity or there is an intense mm. sense being here um, because there is that concentration that focus it's just about the work the ideas to the work uh, you do get lost in the zone or as you say lost within yourself um, as I say maybe that's not massively healthy but it's okay uh, but it does help if you like um, I don't know it just pushes some of those ideas a little bit further, I think. I mean, mm. others might judge that differently, but for me, I, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I've got used to it. Mm. Have you set yourself times that you come to the studio to work mm. um, every week, or does it vary on whatever work you're doing? Or it's a bit both, really. Uh, I'm here every week, uh, a few times a week. Uh, obviously, as you know, I lecture to pay the bills, so um, that takes up a lot of time. But in, in and around that, it can be before I get to work, I come in here for a little while uh, just to set things up for when I may return later on in the day. Um, you know, I have a clean break on a day a week from work. That's Friday at the moment, tends to be solid, so I'm here, and then Saturday if necessary. So I kind of try and make it up. It's not like it was, I used to spend, you know, more hours, um, but uh, there's less time now, so it sort of follows that uh, when I do get here it really is about work it's mm. nothing, you know um, mm. I had a before this studio I was working in a studio in Wine Street uh, this is, you know, 25 years ago or something so and I was lecturing less so I had about four days you could say working in the studio but I, I got into a habit which was quite a nice habit in a way but it was a question of oh well I'll, I'll go for a break now to the no sign bar <laughs> read the paper, have a pint, and it was a wonderful life. Yeah, this is great. This is the life of the artist. You know? But you realize after a while, actually, that's lovely, but you're not getting as much work as you could be. So when the time is then limited, it just forces you to, okay, I come through the door, this is about work. Mm. I know that you recently 
did some work at a gallery, didn't mm. you? Well, that was a nice invitation by Jane Simpson, who's the director of the GS Galleries. Um, and she came here, we had a chat. This is about maybe eight months ago now, six, eight months ago. Um, and she, she suggested that I come to the gallery and use the gallery as a studio. Uh, and um, anyway, cut long story short, <laughs> I was resistant initially, but she pushed me and I thought, okay. So I, so I got to the gallery um, late December, just during the Christmas period. And I knew I had about six to eight weeks, something like that, to, to get something done. So I was working on a, couple, a few ideas here anyway. So I brought some ideas with me. And then I decided, well, I'll, just, I'll make the work there. So I, so I set about it. And of course, that's different because then you've got this lovely, clean, totally clean white cube space. Um, so it's a different, again, it's a different kind of concentration. This time, you don't even have the distraction of your, almost of yourself mm. or your histories, because my mm. histories are in this space. You know, my last 25 years, this residues of thoughts and objects and materials they're all in here mm. for those I haven't mm. discarded or or they've gone somewhere um, so that's different so then you're in a naked space um, and that was good so the initial idea was to keep the windows sort of open so people could see the artists at work and I was willing to go along with that but then I also realized that after after a couple of days a few days that um, actually there was too much interruption people were knocking on the window and it Half the time it wasn't inquiries about the artists at work, it was about where is the station, can you tell me the way to this, the way to that, or what's going on here. It, it, it's, I mean, somebody can work with that, but I couldn't, because I, yeah. I just need to really sit down and focus. Mm. So I had to sort of put paper up on the windows, and, and that was all right, because that gives the impression, well, there clearly is someone in there working. Yeah. And when the time is right, he or she will take down the paper and all is revealed, as yeah. it was a couple of weeks back, so that's fine. Yeah. yeah, and um, when I came to see that exhibition, I realised you had used one of the walls to actually sort of, well, would you say etch into it or scrape, scrape into etch, it? Etch, yeah, incise, um, drill. Yeah, drill holes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that is a very sort of site-specific piece. You yeah. can't take that with you. No, no. So di how did you decide to do that? Well, um, I was working on the a larger paperworks uh, from the Christmas period through to most of January, uh, and they they were you know culled from various quotations. That work I gave a title only a few weeks ago. I just decided to title it. Um, what did I title it? Spoken. Yeah, spoken because they were literally utterances by people in situations or difficult circumstances, and they were invited by a journalist to say something about their situation. So so spoken. So. So spoken has taken place, um, these quotations from people, works on paper, um, and that, I see that as an ongoing series now, so I just have to build and build and build and build, and so I can get some kind of substantial stack of spoken words from people of this moment in time, you know, which is a difficult moment in time. For a lot of us, but for some people, it's really, really hard. Mm -hmm. So our culture, the way it's been manufactured, um, structured, um, the way it's controlled, has left an awful lot of people in, in destitution, to put it mildly. So the sense of disenfranchisement from the centre has become enhanced because of various machinations over the last 
few years, let's say. But it's been building up, mm. but here we are. So it's a kind of breaking point. So that, that said, that was one piece, a series of works. And, and then I was working on the leftovers are here, actually. Mm. I'm considering these. So these other, these were not quotations, these were observations. Um, and I was looking at uh, the stems, it's related to an earlier work, but it, it, it's looking at images, photojournalist images, and trying to describe them. But for this series, uh, I thought I'd look at images of demonstrations, people demonstrating, um, wherever they may be. So that, that was going to build into something using card, mm -hmm. sticks, you know, um, cardboard, other things. Yes, yeah, so like uh, to reflect the materials used on the demonstrations? Yeah, or? yeah, uh, like the posts for uh, placards, yeah. you know, and the boards that you use for placards and, and all of that, you know. So I was going to build up a kind of an aesthetic kind of mm. arrangement based on the material of demonstration with the scorched observation. So, for instance, mm. in a field of smoke and dying flowers, young figures of Palestine protest and rage at the border. I mean, it's a simple description, uh, but it is a, a considered description of, of what was in this photograph. Um, so that was one, and then mm. all the others and so on. So I was going to kind of build that up into some kind of assemblage. And it got to a point, and it was only a few weeks back now, it happened quite quickly. I thought, well, it's not really quite working. Um, so this, this is two Sundays before the sort of designated opening. So I thought, I'll have to take it, uh, I'll just take the whole thing down and have a look at this blank wall again. Mm. Um, and because I knew by then I'd given the title of the show Survival is Not a Crime, which was kind of uh, encouraged by my son because he came here, so he's been here a few times obviously, mm. and he said, Dad, that's, that's your title, Survival is Not a Crime. Mm. So because of him, I thought, okay, I'll give it that title. And, and, and there's a reason for that, because that, 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 those simple five words, in, in a sense, kind of started all the other things. And, and it's also ambiguous. Survival is a, is a massive positive thing, of course it is. But survival also comes after something, another set of circumstances which one perceives one has to survive from. Mm. So you don't know what that is. Yeah. But also, the latter part of the sentence, crime, suggests some transgression. So it's, it is from a quotation by uh, this uh, African-Portuguese guy who's part of a group of people called the Mantaros. And they were saying that they need to sell things, goods, items, to, to pay the rent, to eat, to survive. Uh, because they've been pushed on by security from the mm -hmm. streets around various cities of Europe. Uh, you know, they put, they put out their goods on a blanket, try and sell these things. And if they were found by security, they'd be chased off and sometimes arrested. If the if worst scenario, they'd be arrested. Uh, that wasn't good for anyone um, and so they've, they've created their own cooperative uh, and anyway at some point that he was saying about putting something on a t-shirt which says survival is not a crime and I thought that's extraordinary mm. but it also reminded me of uh, something that Mandela said about if you push people into extreme e extreme deprivation don't be you know in words to the effect don't be surprised something will happen because people need to survive. Mm. So mm. the larger picture of that is those who make these decisions at the higher echelons of cultural management 
you know, you could argue that, that, that I mean, they're the ones who create mm. the crime in the first mm. place, which is unregulated capitalism, uh, and, and it rules the roost, which mm. is really what's happened now mm. with us, you know. Mm. There aren't enough questions being asked. It's sort of criminal to let people have to fight for survival, Be in those, it? Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly, that's exactly so. it. But those who create the, uh, the problems, they are kind of, in a sense, unaffected. But the, but the people who are left to deal with it are those who are hanging in by their fingernails. Yeah. So with that then, I thought, okay, well, the other piece wasn't quite working, uh, not yet. Um, and I thought, well, maybe, you know, there was a pillar in the, um, in the room and it just happens to be at the right sort of position where I could break the sentence up to a certain degree, that the word survival could sit on one piece of wall on its own and then have this caveat or this extra thought is not a crime. Um, so that was handy, formally, um, but also then to push that into, rather let it remain on a, on a conventional surface of paper, push it in slightly into the fabric of the building. So, so yeah, so then I you know, use mm. stencils and all the rest of it and cut into the surface. So it's not very deep, very, very slight really, but it pushes through various layers of paint and what it reveals uh, are various repairs at previous moments in time. Mm. So do it on a, an older wall, then you have even more of a history of, you know, decision-making mm. in that wall. The fabric of the building, the building is the stuff that sort of contains conversation. So, and it, you know, it is the stuff that, it's the flesh of humanity. So by pushing something in like that, what you I, I suppose the attempt is, my attempt, is just try and eat at a kind of consciousness. And then the drills, you know, using that diasporic sort of explosive sort of formal gesture, something exploding like a lead shot or a shrapnel mm. explosion from the centre, pushing that further by the courtesy of a drill bit, even further back. And then, leave, you know, I've done that before, but I, I, in the past, the piece called Scattered, I used to sort of push cloth into the wall. Same sort of mm. thing, to put the cloth mm. of humanity into the cloth of buildings, mm. the material of buildings. So I've seen the drill holes en masse before, but I've filled them. So this time I thought, yeah. I won't, I'll just leave them open. So they are mm. diminutive, but they are gaping holes. There's a silence within those little quiet screams you know you know you have old i think it's in merthyr there's like uh one of the buildings there still has holes in it from wow. the, the merthyr riots, riots wow. yes, and that yes. is all down to people rioting to trying to survive you know just so those kind of things kind of come up with with the word survival next to it as yeah, well and yeah. it can take your mind all sorts of places really yeah, and I mean it is. I mean it comes from a very specific, a particular place. Obviously, the 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 artist, he or she who creates the work, you know, lays out the stall, if you like. But on one level, it's sort of it's there via a literal sort of response to something, set of circumstances. But on the other level, as you just dis- mm. discussed, and absolutely, is that there is a necessary uh, ambiguity about the work as well. And also, um, the work is completed by the viewer, mm. you know, so the artist doesn't, uh, doesn't really make a definitive mm. statement, makes a open-ended statement, yeah. and then the viewer comes along and sort of adds on to their feelings about that. Yeah. So your description of the Mirtha riots, uh, yeah, of course, if you go, I mean, I haven't been to Palestine, but if you go to Palestine or places like that, you're going to get scars yeah. within buildings. 
You yeah. Um, and the, these are the residues of conflict or the residues of protest, and as you say, the residues of an act of survival. Mm. That, that's what you know. That's what protest essentially about. Yeah. When you do create work, do you always like the thought of? the viewer completing it in their minds or would you rather have you ever created something and wanted it to be <laughs> what it is and that's what you want people to take from it uh, I think I learned very early on really that you can't you just can't do that I mean I um, I guess starting out as an artist uh, there are particular things that I might want to make work about um, but somehow I, I did it did sort of I think, funny, I'm trying to, trying to think of circumstances, but on, I think it might have been on my MA course, I remember a seminar crit, and it was my turn to go, talking about the work that I'd spent three um, hard months making, mm -hmm. and I was very proud of it, and I was thinking, oh, this seminar crit's going to go so well, because, you know, they're going to come along, and they're going to look at the work, and they're going to go, wow, look at that. And this uh, tutor, I've forgotten his name, uh, forgiven him since, but he, he came along and he said, okay, well, I hear what you're saying, Tim, but um, I can't see that at all in the work. <laughs> and it's funny, really, because it, you, you think, yeah, I, I've kind of got, you know, got sort of, sort of attached to the idea mm. that I'm not even considered standing back and seeing how that could read. So in, in a way, uh, I think, no, since then, I've, I've, I understand completely that you cannot possibly assume that people read the work in the same way you do and in fact some of the work I've made have made a recent, over the last few years has deliberately provoked that not provoked but invited mm. that awareness mm. like the original figures which which is now the book which comes out in different ways sometimes but actually this behind me is a leftover from the original uh, manifestation of that work that I had in chapter it's, it's, quite a few years ago, um, but these are some leftover, I'd call vinyl things. So a few years back, I, I was in the middle of sort of doing something else and I found them. I thought, well, I'll, I'll reconstruct one of these days. So that's actually a day from a given period in time. One day from looking at um, photojournalist images, you see. But making that work, I was completely and utterly uh, understanding that I might be reading you know, a one photograph, which which I've said is two figures in a crowd of deep emotion, but someone else, you, would might would look at the same image, and you, you may say two figures, mm. but you may decide to describe it differently, yeah. you know, or someone else, another yeah. person. So, if six people are looking at the same photograph, you're going to get six different interpretations, mm. and that's partially why I was fascinated with doing um, that series of work, which I'm still sort of dealing with there, and the quotations came out of that process. So it's funny, you know, and this is around the period of doing lots of other things. So I've been doing mm -hmm. other site-specific works, which is not about this work, uh, but this has remained as an ongoing idea. Now, that figures you mentioned, um, yeah. that sounded like a heck of a task. <laughs> well, it was a task. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll just get the book uh, Okay. Uh, just, so we can talk about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know. So, yeah, it was a massive task, of course, because it ended up being that. Wow. <laughs> you know, that's, that's 365 days of, you know, so, you know, day, 
page 301 is actually day 301. Um, so there's not one single image here, but obviously there are many, many thousands described. Mm. So, so will you just explain briefly what that is for the okay, sure. podcast? So figures, which this particular work has sort of come back into my personal fold, I suppose, and in a sense that I, I, I've been working with it again after originally doing it for Chapter Arts Centre in 2010. So we're talking nine, you know, eight and a half, nine years back. So when I had my original meeting with uh, the director, Hannah, talking about a show for the following year, or 18 months, I did say one of the centrepiece I want to do for chapter would be something of like this. I didn't know what the title was, but I want to borrow that term, if you like, and, and take it for a walk. Um, Dylan Thomas wrote a very beautiful poem. Um, here we are. So this is... Uh, uh, I'll just read you the first half stanza, if you like. So this is Poem in October. It was my 30th year to heaven, woke to my hearing from harbour and neighbour wood, and the mussel pooled and the heron priested shore, the morning beckon with water praying and call of seagull and rock, and the knock of sailing boats in the net webbed wall, myself to set foot that second in the still sleeping town and set forth. You know, it's a, it's a classic few lines, very, very mm. well-known, beautiful, beautiful lines. But I was struck by that because I thought, well, okay, the idea of that would have... He got up one day and said, this is my 30th year to heaven, it's my birthday, I shall write a, a poem on my birthday. And of course, Th- Thomas got up and described the nature around him, um, the metaphysical sense of the nature around him, observations, literal observations and lyrical thoughts. All of that is beautiful, classic Thomas. So uh, I knew at chapter it would be a certain birthday for me. So I thought, well, rather than getting up on a given birthday and say, uh, I'll make a piece of work on that day, I thought, well, actually, because he used the phrase 30th year, I like that because he's really suggesting this is the start of a 12-month period. Of this point in time, I'm closer to heaven. So that's interesting as as an idea. Mm So I thought, I'll take the whole 12-month period and I'll do my thing. I'll get up on, on a birthday and I'll use the whole 12 months of that one year to heaven <laughs> to describe something that I that might be my kind of habit. So uh, I then decided, okay, well, because of other things that I've done before, I thought, well, okay, I'll, I'll describe these images every single day. So I will buy mm. this particular paper, this journal broadsheet, every day. Were you allowed to say which one it was? <laughs> I, it was the Guardian. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, mm, uh, Well, yeah, you know, if you do the sun, it's not going to get you very far because you're going to be sort of really repeating the same word. Yeah. So it's kind of minimalist poem, perhaps. Um, but, you know, no, I, I wanted something, a, a paper that I, I, you know, okay, yes, it's frustrating, the Guardian, sometimes it really is frustrating. <laughs> but having said that, it's the closest uh, to what I need, what I want to read. And mm. the, journal, the quality of journalism is pretty good, although infuriating sometimes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, the model would be, you know, some of the, the French artists, painters, still life painters, the beginning of the last century, they'd have a still life and you'd see a little bit of Le Journal or something, you mm. know, just on the table by a glass of wine and a lemon or something. So <laughs> these things are, they're normal things. They're ubiquitous, you could say ubiquitous, a vessel, a fruit and a newspaper. Mm. Le Journal... Um, 
Le Monde, uh, or The Guardian. So, so that, that was just, just ubiquitous. But say, okay, I will look at that every single day for 365 days, and I will describe those images in, on my terms in fairly, you know, this most direct way I can describe. But I will only describe um, uh, what I've seen in terms of um, human beings, figures. Mm. So obviously, not obviously, but if it was just a photograph of a field, nothing in it, then I'd, you know, leave that one away. Right. I just wanted yeah. images of people in different circumstances. So then you can go from something which is, you know, figure in tears holding the coffin of a friend. I mean, that's a very sad thing, if mm. you know what was going on there. A more abstract description, figures in the wind, uh, that leaves mm. it very, very open. Yeah. Um, figures waving. That sort of suggests, you know, you know, oh, okay, but then there's something ominous, aggressive-looking figures, chanting in an English street. Mm. That's more ominous. You know, you go from one image to another, from local to global, global to local, mm. local to global, and then sad, happy, traumatic to frivolous. You know, um, as you go through, because I did make a decision to go from front page right. to the next, yeah, to the next, and all the rest of it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So the book itself that you have there is that how you what did, how did you do the actual exhibition then for that? Well, I think it's important to process. Just one couple more sentences because uh, over here are those original papers. Can you believe it? <laughs> I can't throw them away yet, but it's here so I can. Um, well, I'll just take the top so I don't lose them. Yeah. Um, I'll just take one bachelor. <coughs> Just take it. So this happens to be a, a particular. They're all in um, yeah third, fourth, fifth, sixth. So you can see what's happening. So okay, we'll take this one then. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So this is the this is the original, now and I'll show you the method. So I, there's the paper. And, you know, and literally, it's describing what I see. Now, it depends on mood, of course. There's all sorts of moods one could be in and a set of feelings that you bring to your moment of interpretation, mm. your moment of reading. So that fluctuates throughout the whole process. Over a 12-month peri- mm. period, you can't be exactly the same every day. Yeah. You're going to have mood swings or you're going to be <laughs> tired, you're going to have too many coffees one day or whatever. So the description fluctuates, and that's interesting. But, you know, literally, that's the first image to look at. Um, I don't think I did that one, that's nothing. And then the dough to there, you know, and then I'm just looking for those images. That's one there, there. So I've looked at, f- what I'm doing now is just looking at five. So I've got to the fifth, okay? Mm-hmm. So I'll go back to this one. And so you can see I've scribbled things out and then yeah. started again. So five figures close together, two figures close together, four figures walking on a Dover Street, figures, um, sailors of the high seas arriving in dark waters, figures singing amongst the crowds. Uh, and then it goes on, two blurred figures cycling in a London street, young figure new to the world. I can only imagine that must be a baby. Mm-hmm. Figures in the hustle and bustle of a meeting in Brussels. So with that, then that goes to um, the next stage, which is the printed version. I, I don't have these correlating, actually. Mm-hmm. But you can see what then happens. So my rough handwriting, yeah. um, a stu- as ex-student of mine, 
she said she wanted to do a little bit of work with me, so I thought, okay. I gave her the awful task. Oh, handy. Yeah, very handy, but like you can imagine, you can see, my, I think my hand, my writing's yeah. all right, but I know... <laughs> I wouldn't be able to No, my students it, say it's terrible, so they're, they're always teasing me about my handwriting. Oh. So bless her, Erin came here every so often, and she'd have a batch of these. Wow. Uh, and then she'd go home, and then she'd print them up, and then we'd go through a, you know, you can see figure 200 Mm -hmm. dead soldier figure running fast all the rest of it so I'd have these and then I'd have to check them to see about any typos or indeed anything that she genuinely couldn't decipher yeah (laughs) you know so it was a process like that and and, and that maintained itself and then um, for the show once we got to that stage Mm -hmm. then it was two things one to the printer to print up the whole lot and also for the show I decided to I think it was seven of those days, writ large. This is a condensed version, but the walls and chapter are at least 10 feet. Right. Um, so, and I also, rather than block it like that yeah. for the show with the bullet points, I thought I'd go for a central bullet point position, which means that you print a kind of figurative form because each each of these shapes would change according yeah. to the length of the fingers wave in just two words. So that's like a tight waist, you know, it pulls it in. Yes. Whereas um, many figures holding posters around the white flowers in Rwanda, for argument's sake, is the widest line in this one. So it pulls it out. So it's it's that sort of feel yeah. from the central point. Gives it a nice shape. Well, it's a figurative shape, um, and it sort of... It, it, if you see these on mass, then um, each one is a variable, and it creates this kind of pulsing sort of sense. So it's shifting like that in and out. Yeah. Breathing. Yeah. Were you thinking about what the sort of the audience or the people looking at it would want from this work, or was it because like not? In a hor- in a bad way, <laughs> but I probably if I was I'd like to look through the book, but it's the type of book that you would just choose a day or well, something. Yeah, yeah, it? it's not bedtime reading, is it? Read. You're not going to go to bed and no. uh, and go, okay, female figure turned away towards the water, yes. the two swans, and then you know. But I suppose going. it's something that you could choose a page and say you wanted to draw something that day or. You wanted yeah, to write yeah. a poem or a story. You could yeah. choose something from there, and as you just your starting point, in a way, like no, you could. I, it, I, that that would maybe I was wondering if that was an idea because it's worked for you yeah. in the work you've gone on to do since yeah. that. Yeah. Like it seems mm-hmm. to me anyway that yeah. you've maybe thought through doing all of that, mm. which was, you know, quite a <laughs> hard work. Yeah. Um, that it's led then on to more sort of uh, short, not shorter pieces, but like a more, you know, a piece that... Well, I think that's, I know what you mean. I mean, that's that's why, in a sense, it's taken a while in amongst doing other things. And yeah. it, was probably, it was probably useful yeah. to have a sort of distance from it as an idea, as a yeah. concept. I knew I had to do it. And uh, trust me when I say there were many times during that process when I, I nearly stopped because I thought this is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, who, who's going to care? <laughs> Who the hell is going to 
really worry about this or care about it, you know, that sort of thing. And I think artists do that, have those moments mm. a lot. But for something like this, which for all the reasons you've just said, you know, you're absolutely right. It's not the kind of thing you're going to pick up and go, it's, it's not a page turner. <laughs> yeah. um, but having said that, you know, for some it might be, but, but it's, it's, not, it's not set out as a page turner. You know, there's, there's no, there's no, um, there's no beginning, there's no middle, mm. there's no end. Mm. So in that sense, it's a kind of, uh, it's almost like going to, what's that, what's a shop where you have material pulled off rollers? Haberdasher. Haberdasher. Yeah. So you want to get a piece of material and you have several yards of it or something and that's it. But you know, left on the uh, roller, the pattern continues. Yeah. And so I suppose in that, in this sense, it's like that. So the pattern was there before day yeah. one, has been. Before and then the day uh, three day sixty three sixty five finishes and the last line of the last day of doing this was two silhouetted figures two lovers against a white parasol so by coincidence I happen to have left on a happy note yeah. <laughs> that was not planned that yeah. is genuinely and that's that's quite a nice sort of line in a way isn't that you could. You, it yeah. conjures a nice image. It's a good positive mind. image. Because yeah. out of all of this, what's the most important thing? We keep returning. What's the most important thing in life when we keep saying it's love? Of course, on some interpretations. But love is really where positivity lies. And I can't believe that the very last image <laughs> is that. And I just stopped. That was it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but what I mean to say is, if you turn the page, then you've just got nothing. It's just the credits then. But, um... The next day, mm. there'll be something else. Yeah. Of course there was. And, and yeah. so there has been for the last nine years. Just so happened that was the time you... It was a nice moment did. to finish. It's yeah. rather than, uh, say, if I'd finished on... Uh, uh, imagine, okay, imagine if I'd finished on Figures of Baghdad, Mourn and Wait for the Bodies of Those Killed by a Suicide Bomb. Mm. Okay, it could have been that ending. Yeah. But it wasn't. Because there were two more images to describe after it, mm. afterwards. Figure in a white interior, and then two silhouetted figures, two lovers against a white parasol. So fortunately, it ends on a on a high, on a mm. positive. But um, you know, going you know, as I say, the patterns then continue. Yeah. Whatever those patterns are, and I used, I'm thinking about this word pattern. Now, as, yes, as the, I I was just gonna yeah. ask. I mean, it's a known thing isn't it that humans try to make some form of pattern out mm. of anything mm. was there any kind of pattern that stuck out somehow definitely patterns emerge i uh tragic patterns like um difficulties like uh what do you call it? Uh, earth movements oh tidal wave earthquakes mm. volcanic eruptions there's a few of those um yeah hurricanes floods, those sort of things. Yeah. So environmental yeah. patterns, environmental disasters, which are patterns, unfortunately, yeah. which you know might be worthwhile trying to recognise one day. Mm. Um, but other patterns, um, frivolous patterns, people on cat figures on various catwalks, that comes up now and again, mm. whether it's a New York catwalk, a London catwalk, or a Berlin catwalk, or a Parisian catwalk. Mm. So that, that sort of is a pattern that comes through, so they punctuate the text. Um, clearly, um, criminals, in the sense of people being marched with chains, uh, 
handcuffs that's a pattern because mm. that's you know it's news isn't it yeah um and figures inside and outside of buildings that's a pattern so uh this one figure in the glazed interior for instance there's several or figure in a crowded room so patterns of the relationship of figures to buildings that's a pattern whether inside or outside standing or sitting or waiting or making declarations mm. um oh of course figures in dialogue with each other so this one i'm looking at two figures whispering uh, or two figures one avoiding the other mm. and they happen to be right next to each other mm. but those those are patterns because they're how people interact funerals is a pattern mm. and happen to look at this one figures with flags at the funeral of a white supremacist supremacist so that's that's those come up Mm. quite a lot mm. uh, funerals and so it's, anyway and so on and so there are those patterns so yeah. yes the patterns are the circumstances which happen to repeat themselves yeah but I, I wonder in sort of hundred years or something will that um, those descriptions will be really really interesting wouldn't they I think um, I, well, yeah, I, mean, I think they will be, because in a sense, although they're one person's interpretations of these yeah. photographs, that has to be understood, but they are, they are a document of a period of time. There's no question about yeah. that. I mean... Because imagine if we had one of those for, I don't know, a hundred years earlier yeah, yeah, be to, really, to now. Absolutely. That, I'd probably read it the same way as in, I'd probably choose a day, maybe you choose a day that is your birthday or your, yeah. a special day to you Absolutely, and you look, yeah. look for that and see what was going on was on that day on 50 years ago or whatever. Yeah, I think um, it's a brilliant uh, document to have, a slice of life and time. Absolutely, it is, mm. it is exactly yeah. that because there were things that happened during this period. Obviously, there's another, the other pattern was suicide bombs. So mm. this has that was it's sort of we hear less, but I think mm. they still they they are they still going on. But we are yeah. living in the the epoch of suicide bombs, bombings. That that that's something. Mm. Or for instance, I've opened another page here. This is day thirty eight. Um, crying and red eyed, sorry, crying and red eyed young figures of Afghanistan. Afghanistan, I know, is mentioned many many times. In this, you know, so people, if you to follow your premise, if someone looked back, hundred years, they'll think, well, what, what, why, why is this so much about Af Af Afghanistan? Mm. So what, what was happening there? You know, mm. and so yes, it, it's definitely, you know, and there's, there's a number of things about figures, portrait of figure brackets, dead soldier, his friend remembers, and then there's a quote uh, from his friend, which, which is. Which is, a, which is a quotation of reality. I was trying to get a response from him. There was, no, there was a bit of gurgling, and he didn't look fucking good. That's what he says. Wow. Everyone had their own little battle that night, unquote. An extraordinary quote. But that's the reality of a soldier's life in battle. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, you're absolutely right. It is a slice of that time of life. Uh, yeah, mm. definitely, yeah. I'm noticing the silence in this room. Mm -hmm. Like you, I did hear some rain earlier on in the yeah. window, but yeah. like when there's no cars or anything, it's a very, very yeah. quiet room. Do you ever use music or things that sort of 
Just try, or, or or do you sort of really love that silence? Or um, I've got used to silence. I do love music because it's one of my passions. So if I'm doing something, if you like, and the concept is already worked out, so what I'm doing is practical, pure practical, then I'll put music on. Mm. Um, I will put something on. Mm. Um, but beyond that, when I'm actually thinking, then there's nothing. So it is silence. Mm. So, um, I, to answer your question, do I like, did you say do I like, do you like it? Uh, I mean, I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just used to it. Yeah. It's sort of, it's part of this space. Yeah. Is the silence. Yeah. Yeah, I can see why you would really be able to focus on yeah. your work and your thoughts. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm assuming other people have those similar processes, but I, I, I think then the result of whatever happens in a space like this, you know, whether one likes it or not, put that aside, but whether, whatever comes out of this room, this space, um, is put into another space, a public arena. Um, I, I do wonder how, how that sits. And, 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 I mean, this is a more generic sort of thought, really, mm. about other people as well, mm-hmm. other artists. Um, I think that's what happens, isn't it? Surely that must, that, that must happen. It's writers, I suppose. Uh, writers mm. must write with incredible concentration. And then, and then, then the words are ri- uh, read by many. But maybe that concentration um, shapes what you do. That silence, maybe the work has the residues of that <coughs> pardon me, that silence within it. I don't know about that, but that's an interesting thought. You've made me mm, think about something. Yeah. Would it have come out like that if it hadn't come out of silence? I don't know. Questions, yeah, but, it's, but it is interesting. Because mm. if you've got da 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 going on all the time and chatter and open doors opening and closing, mm. and you'd still make the work, of course. But would it have that same? I don't know. So we leave it there for this episode, but there's plenty more of that conversation with Tim Davis to come on future episodes of the podcast. So please do listen to those when they come out. Um, You can also listen to all the previous podcast episodes. And if you want to check it out, there's a page on Facebook called Room for Creation where I try to put pictures of the artists uh, featured in the podcast and their work and things. And you can also contact me through that if you would like. So, um, yeah, thanks again for listening and stay tuned.